Something new, and um, 
so uh, the last the last um episode in the last sermon we were talking about almsgiving and um what it meant to be um humble and so um we'll just start with a short prayer and um we'll start father great i am we ask that you guide us and lead us in your way and your will to give us revelation to reveal to us with clarity from your will what you need from us inside of your word for where we are missing something you can fill that void and only you can fill that void for we look in so many places and father we ask for the strength to know that you fill those voids, you fill those gaps, and it's inside of your Holy Spirit that we find strength, Father. We ask that you guide us today through your word and your scriptures. In the holy name of Jesus, we say, Amen. Hallelujah. In the holy name of Jesus. Amen. And so, um, like I said, in the last um, sermon, we were talking about... Um, almsgiving and we were we were talking about this subject matter of staying humble and praying in a and 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 giving giving in a humble way and helping in a humble way and how you know we have um other people who may be prideful and jesus talked about this how they may um give to be seen by others and so there was a, a a bonus that I wanted to add to that that I that um God led me to to add to this particular um sermon because again we're going into concern and prayer but um there was a it was a particular uh verse in Luke <coughs> 19 and it's it's the title of it's called Jesus and Zacchaeus and it says he entered Jericho Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through it a man was there named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. He was trying to see who Jesus was, but on account of the crowd, he could not because he was short in stature. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree to see him because he was going to pass that way. When Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried down and was happy to welcome him. All who saw it began to grumble and said, He has gone to be the guest of one who is a sinner. So they were, they were judging him. Zacchaeus stood there and said to the Lord, Look, half of my possessions, Lord, I will give to the poor, and if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I will pay back four times as much. So he's saying if he, if he did any wrong with, with, to anybody in business, he's going he's gonna to pay them back. So, and then he said, Then Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house because he too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek out and to save the lost. So he, he's saying that, you know, this house is blessed. Like he's humbled himself enough and now he's, he's become a son. He's become a son. He's, he's, he's found. He's not lost anymore. He's found. You know, and so we have this continual, um, you know, 
motivation of becoming humble and this con this continual theme of staying humble and continuing to be humble and so again we're going into um concerning prayer and this the same thing this same theme is is here where jesus is saying you know when he was talking about the alms he says may it be done in secret so your father who sees in secret will reward you and so it, it's this is continually being brought up about this humbleness and 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 not doing it for show and not doing it for pride and not doing it for others but doing it for for god because you you want to be we want to be you know we want to be imitators of, of jesus we, it's just as paul says we want to be imitators of christ we want to walk in his in his way you know so when we go to uh, matthew matthew 6 line 5 this is um, concerning prayer and jesus says and whenever you pray do not be like the hypocrites for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners so that they may be seen by others truly i tell you they have received their reward but whenever you pray go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who's who is in secret and your father who sees in secret will, will reward you when you are praying do not heap up empty phrases as, as the Gentile do. So he's saying, you know, do it in secret again. He's saying, do it in secret because God who sees in secret will reward you. Do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard because of their many words. Okay? Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Pray then in this way Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Do not bring us to the time of trial, but rescue us from the evil one. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. And so, you know, we were talking about... Um, concerning anger love for enemies we went through this whole um theme of you know um many of the prophets many of the the stories in the bible where many of um different individuals were had that this love for their enemies they had they prayed for them they prayed for their enemies and that's that's one thing we're going to go to a little bit today but more um more on the side of just flat out prayer but, you know, we talked about David and Saul and how Saul, you know, had this love for, for David and it was so blinded by his pride. But um, David continually, you know, um, cried out and called to, to Saul to ask him, why are you why are you pursuing me? And so he had this this love for him and he, he he forgave him many times over for what he was doing, you know. And so Jesus is speaking about this again, about forgiving forgiving others forgiving others and staying humble and so when we go to um to mark 7 um we're reading again about you know when jesus is saying do not heap up empty phrases as the gentiles do for they think that they will be heard because of their many words okay and you know they, they they're doing these things to be seen by others you know the hypocrites he says for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners so if we turn to mark 7 and we we've read this we read this in the last sermon 
but we'll read it again because again we're trying to identify who the the hypocrites are and what are these different things that they, that they do and we you know we go through this continually because we're, we're identifying what are the the, the the personality traits of these folks who he says truly I tell you they have received their reward you know what is what is their reward their reward they got from the world their their reward they got their attention their reward they 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 feel prideful they feel like they got their prize out of the world and so and Jesus says that we don't look to the world for treasures we we store up our treasures in heaven and so it says in the tradition of the elders in Mark 7, starting at line 1, it says, Now when the Pharisees and some of the scribes who had come from Jerusalem gathered around him, they noticed that some of his disciples were eating with defiled hands, that is, without washing them. For the Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat unless they thoroughly wash their hands. Okay, thus observing the tradition of the elders. And they do not eat anything from the market unless they wash it. And there are also many other traditions that they observe. The washing of the cups, pots, and bronze kettles. Though the Pharisees and the scribes ask him, Why do your disciples not live according to the tradition of the elders, but eat with defiled hands? He said to them, Isaiah prophesied rightly about you hypocrites, as it is written. Here's the hypocrites. This people honors me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching human precepts as doctrines. You abandon the commandment of God and hold to human tradition. Then he said to them, You have a fine way of rejecting the commandment of God in order to keep your tradition. For Moses said, Honor your father and your mother, and whoever speaks evil of father or mother must surely die. But you say that if anyone tells father or mother, whatever support you might have had from me is korban, that is an offering to God, okay? Then you no longer permit doing anything for a father or a mother, thus making void the word of God through your tradition that you have handed on. And you do many things like this. Then he called the crowd again and said to them, listen to me, all of you, and understand there is nothing outside a person that by going in can defile, but the things that come out are what defile. And he's talking about the mouth. What comes out of the mouth is what defiles. When he had left the crowd and entered the house, his disciples asked him about the parable. He said to them, then do you also fail to understand? Do you not see that whatever goes into a person from outside cannot defile since it enters not the heart? but the stomach and goes out into the sewer. Thus he declared all foods clean. And he said, it is what comes out of a person that defiles for it is, it is from within, from the human heart that evil intentions come, fornication, theft, murder, adultery, avarice, wickedness, deceit, licentiousness, envy, slander, pride, and folly. And all e these evil things come from within and they defile a person. And so he's identifying who the hypocrites are and, and why are they doing all these things they're doing all these things for attention from the outside world for for to to, to be paid and to be recognized and so he's talking about these hypocrites and these pharisees and these um elders and he's saying that they're they're praying in the street they're praying out loud and in and in heavily populated areas to be seen by others okay and so god putting me to a couple of places 
Um, so when Jesus is talking about to not be like the hypocrites and to go into your room and shut the door and pray in secret and to, to pray from your heart, you know, and to call for these things. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done, your will be done in my life on earth as it is in heaven. That we're asking not for, for our own strength, but for his strength. Give us this day our daily bread. You know, so when we go to um, Genesis, Genesis 24, there's an interesting story in here about Isaac and Rebekah. Now, um, this is Genesis 24. Starting at line one, it says, Now Abraham was old, well advanced in years, and the Lord had blessed Abraham in all things. Abraham said to his servant, the oldest of his house, who had charge of all that he had, Put your hand under my thigh, I will make you swear by the Lord, the God of heaven and earth, that you will not get a wife for my son from the daughters of the Canaanites, among whom I live, but will go to my country and to my kindred, and get a wife for my son Isaac. The servant said to him, Perhaps the woman may not be willing to follow me to this land. Must I then take your son back to the land from which you came? Abraham said to him, See to it that you do not take my son back there. The Lord, the God of heaven, who took me from my father's house and from the land of my birth, and who spoke to me and swore to me, To your offspring I will give this land. He will send his angel, he will send his angel before you, and you shall take a wife from my son from there. But if the woman is not willing to follow you, then you will be free from this oath of mine. Only you must not take my son back there. So the servant put his hand under the thigh of Abraham, his master, and swore to him concerning this matter. Then the servant took ten of his master's camels and departed, taking all kinds of choice gifts from his master. And he set out and went to Aram Naharim, to the city of Nahor. He made the camels kneel down outside the city by the well of water. It was toward evening. The time when women go out to draw water, and he said, O Lord, God of my master Abraham, please grant me success today and show steadfast love to my master Abraham. He started praying. And I am standing here by the spring of water, and the daughters of the townspeople are coming out to draw water. Let the girl to whom I shall say, Please offer your jar that I may drink, and who shall say, Drink, and I will water your camels. Let her be the one whom you have appointed for your servant Isaac. By this I shall know that you have shown steadfast love to my master. And so this this was the prayer that he that he said to God, you know, while he was in private. And so this is this is again, this is what Jesus says. Jesus says to to pray in your room. Go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret, and your father who sees in secret will reward you. Okay? And so this is what he's doing. He's praying to himself, he's praying privately and so it says before he had finished speaking there was rebecca who was born to bethuel son of milcah the fight the wife of nahor abraham's brother coming out with her water jar on her shoulder the girl was very fair to look upon a virgin whom no man had known she went down to the spring filled her jar and came up okay then the servant ran to meet her and said please let me sip a little water from your jar. Drink, my lord, she said, and quickly lowered her jar upon her hand and gave him a drink. 
When she had finished giving him a drink, she said, I will draw for your camels also until they have finished drinking. So she quickly emptied her jar into the trough and ran again to the well to draw. And she drew for all his camels exactly as he prayed. And so it says the man gazed at her in silence to learn whether or not, whether or not the Lord had made his journey successful. When the camels had finished drinking, the man took a gold nose ring weighing a half shekel and two bracelets for her arms weighing ten gold shekels and said, Tell me whose daughter you are. Is there room in your father's house for us to spend the night? She said to him, I am the daughter of Bethuel, son of Milcah, whom she bore to Nahor. She added, We have plenty of straw and fodder and a place to spend the night. The man bowed his head and worshipped the Lord and said, Blessed be the Lord. The God of my master Abraham, who has not forsaken his steadfast love and his faithfulness toward my sister, told my, told my master. As for me, the Lord has led me on the way to the house of my master's kin. Then the girl ran and told her mother's household about all these things. And so, you know, we see this example of, you know, this, this servant who, who, who um, prayed in, in secret, prayed in, in private. And his prayer, his prayer was answered. He was blessed. He was blessed, just like Jesus said. He says, he says um, you, you pray in secret, and your father who sees in secret will reward you. And he was rewarded well. He, he achieved exactly what his, what his master wished for him to do. And so, you know, and he, and he swore. He swore to him. And so, um, if we move on, there was an um, interesting verse that, um, that God pointed me to he guided me to and it's this one this one in particular is in Ezra and the interesting interesting thing about Ezra here in in, in Ezra Ezra 9 5 through 15 and this was an interesting thing because um, in Ezra, this was a, a particular um, time when the the Israelites returned from Babylon to Israel, and so they were they were ashamed, they were embarrassed, they um, had lost um, faith, they had lost their personal faith in God, and you know they had done all of these these things, all of these sinned against God in so many ways, you know, and and they were um, looking to um, to 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 God to forgive them for these things and so you have this this prayer this this heartfelt prayer from from Ezra and so it says in Ezra 9 starting at line 5 through 15 it says at the evening sacrifice I got up from my fasting with my garments and my mantle torn and fell on my knees spread out my hands to the Lord my God and said Oh my God, I am too ashamed and embarrassed to lift my face to you. My God, for our iniquities have risen higher than our heads, and our guilt has mounted up to the heavens. From the days of our ancestors to this day, we have been deep in guilt and our iniquities. We, our kings and our priests, have been handed over to the kings of the lands, to the swords, to captivity, to plundering, and to utter shame. As is now the case, but now for a brief moment, favor has been shown by the Lord our God who has left us a remnant and given us a stake in this holy place in order that he may brighten our eyes and grant us a little sustenance in our slavery. 
For we are slaves, yet our God has not forsaken us in our slavery, but has extended to us his steadfast love before the kings of Persia to give us new life to set up the house of our God, to repair its ruins, and to give us a wall in Judea and Jerusalem. And now, our God, what shall we say after this? For we have forsaken your commandments, which you commanded by your servants the prophets, saying, The land that you are entering to possess is a land unclean, with the pollutions of the peoples of the land, with their abominations. They have filled it from end to end with their uncleanness. Therefore do not give your daughters to their sons, neither take their daughters to your sons, and never seek their peace or prosperity, so that you may be strong and eat the, the good of the land and leave it for an inheritance to your children forever. And so after all that has come upon us for our evil deeds and for our great guilt, seeing that you, our God, have punished us less than our iniquities deserved and have given us such a remnant as this, shall we break your commandments again and intermarry with the peoples to practice these abominations? Would you not be angry with us until you destroy us without remnant or survivor? O Lord God of Israel, you are just, but we have escaped as a remnant, as is now the case. We, here we are before you in our guilt, though no one can face you because of this. And so when you, when you read this, you can see you know, that um, his prayer really mirrors what Jesus is saying when he says, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not bring us into the time of trial, but rescue us from the evil one. You know, it says, he says, after all this has come upon us for our evil deeds and for our great, our great guilt, seeing that you, our God, have punished us less than our iniquities deserved. And so, you know, he's, he's saying, he's saying exactly this. He's saying, you know, forgive us our debts. Forgive us. Forgive us for the things that we've done. We owe this. We owe these things to you. We owe this. We've done wrong to you. You know, we've, we've, we've done wrong. You know, he said, I am too ashamed and embarrassed to lift my face to you. My iniquities have risen higher than our heads, and our guilt has mounted up to the heavens. And so he's saying to, 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 to make them strong and to, to replenish the land and to, to, to keep the inheritance of the, of the children, of, of, of their their lands, their children, their family, their family line, the family line of Israel so that it will last into the future. And he's asking for this. And so when we go into um, 1 Samuel, God led me to 1 Samuel. And again, that if, if you guys can't tell by now, that's one of my favorite um, chapters. And so here we um, read about the story of Hannah and the birth of Samuel and how she prayed heavily about this. And so 1 Samuel starting at line 1. It's 1 Samuel 1 starting at line 1. There was a certain man of Ramathim, a Zophite from the hill country of Ephraim, whose name was Elkanah, son of Jehoram, son of Elihu, son of Tohu, son of Zuth, an Ephraimite. <coughs> he had two wives. The name of the one, of the one was Hannah and the name of the other Penina. Penina had children, but Hannah had no children. Now this man used to go up year by year from his town to worship and to sacrifice to the Lord of hosts at Shiloh, where the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, were priests to the Lord. On the day when Elkanah sacrificed, he would give portions to his wife Penina and to all her sons and daughters, but to Hannah he gave a double portion, because he loved her, though the Lord had closed her womb. 
Her rival used to provoke her severely to irritate her because the Lord had closed her womb. So it went on year by year as often as she went up to the house of the Lord. She used to provoke her. Therefore, Hannah wept and would not eat. Her husband Elkanah said to her, Hannah, why do you weep? Why do you not eat? Why is your heart so sad? Am I not more to you than ten sons? After they had eaten and drunk at Shiloh, Hannah rose and presented herself before the Lord. Now Eli the priest was sitting on the seat beside the doorpost of the temple of the Lord. She was deeply distressed and prayed to the Lord and wept bitterly. She made this vow, O Lord of hosts, if only you will look on the misery of your servant and remember me. And not forget your servant, but will give to your servant a male child, then I will set him before you as a Nazarite until the day of his death. He shall drink neither wine nor intoxicants, and no razor shall touch his head. As she continued praying before the Lord, Eli observed her mouth. Hannah was praying silently. Only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore, Eli thought she was drunk. And what is she doing? Was Jesus say again? He says to pray in secret to your Father who sees in secret, because He will reward you. He will reward you for these things, and most likely, also in secret. You know, and and so we see this this continuing theme of the humbleness, and the quietness, and the secretness of prayer. And so his her husband is thinking that she's drunk. You know, and so we continue, it says, Eli says to her, how long will you make a drunken spectacle of yourself? Put away your wine. But Hannah answered, no, my Lord, I am a woman deeply troubled. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but I have been pouring out my soul before the Lord. Do not regard your servant as a worthless woman, for I have been speaking out of my great anxiety and vexation all this time. Then Eli answered, go in peace. The God of Israel grant the petition you have made to him. And she said, Let your servant find favor in your sight. Then the woman went to her quarters, ate and drank with her husband, and her countenance was sad no longer. They rose up early in the morning and worshipped before the Lord. Then they went back to their house at Ramah. Elkanah knew his wife Hannah, and the Lord remembered her. The Lord remembered her. In due time, Hannah conceived and bore a son. She named him Samuel, for she said, I have asked him of the Lord. The man Elkanah and all his household went up to offer to the Lord the yearly sacrifice and to pay his vow. But Hannah did not go up, for she said to her husband, As soon as the child is weaned, I will bring him that he may appear in the presence of the Lord and remain there forever. I will offer him as a Nazarite for all time. Her husband Elkanah said to her, Do what seems best to you. Wait until you have weaned him. Only may the Lord establish his word so the woman remained and nursed her son until she weaned him. And so, you know, her, her prayer was answered. She, she, this son, the son was born to him, you know, to her. And she named him Samuel. I have asked him of the Lord. That's what, that's what she said. Her husband, Elkanah, said to her, Do what seems best to you. Wait until you have weaned him. Only may the Lord establish his word. So the woman remained and nursed her son until she weaned him. When she had weaned him, she took him up with her along with a three-year-old bull, an ephah flower, and a skin of wine. She brought him to the house of the Lord at Shiloh, and the child was young. When they slaughtered the bull, and they brought the child to Eli, and she said, O oh my Lord, as you live, my Lord, I am the woman who is standing here in your presence, praying to the Lord for this child. I prayed, and the Lord has granted me the petition that I made to him. Therefore, I have lent him to the Lord. As long as he lives, he is given to the Lord. She left him there for the Lord. And so, again... 
What was Jesus saying? He was saying, pray to your father who is in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you. She was rewarded. You know, she was rewarded well and her, her prayer was answered. Her prayer, her prayer was answered. And so, you know, we even have a, a second part to this where her whole prayer, um, a second part of her prayer, she recites, it says, Hannah prayed and said, my heart exalts in the Lord. My strength is exalted in my God. My mouth derides my enemies because I rejoice in my victory. There is no holy one like the Lord, no one beside you. There is no rock like our God. Talk no more so very proudly. Let not arrogance come from your mouth, for the Lord is a God of knowledge, and by him actions are weighed. The bows of the mighty are broken, but the feeble gird on strength. Those who are full have hired themselves out for bread, but those who are hungry are fat with spoil. The barren has borne seven, but she who has many children is forlorn. The Lord kills and brings to life. He brings down to shield and raises up. The Lord makes poor and makes rich. He brings low. He also exalts. He raises up the poor from the dust. He lifts the needy from the ash heap to make them sit with princes and inherit a seat of honor. For the pillars of the earth are the Lord's, and on them he has set the world. He will guard the feet of his faithful ones, but the wicked shall be cut off in darkness. For not by, mighty does one, by might does one prevail. The Lord his adversary shall be shattered. The Most High will thunder in heaven. The Lord will judge the ends of the earth. He will give strength to his king and exalt the power of his anointed. And so it's an interesting thing, even with prayer, you know, um, that 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 God's spirit, that Holy Spirit, will come through you so, so much that it will even start to prophesy. Because even when we read this, even when we read Hannah's prayer, there's a, there's a couple of things that we see in here. As he says, the Lord makes poor and makes rich. He brings low. He also exalts. He raises up the poor from the dust. He lifts the needy from the ash heap to make them sit with princes and inherit a seat of honor. For the pillars of the earth are the Lord's. And this, this speaks of Jesus. This also speaks of the new heaven and new earth that we that we talk about in Revelation. That we read about in Revelation. And so, you know, again, when Hannah is, is reciting this prayer, it's just the same thing. When, when Jesus said, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so, we see this, this continuing theme throughout the Bible throughout um, the prophets you know and so something else that God led me to he led me to 1st Kings it's another great example in 1st Kings of the same thing and this is um, this is something a very um, intricate prayer from Solomon and so we see the same thing it says in 1st Kings 3 line 1 it says Solomon made a marriage alliance with Pharaoh king of Egypt he took Pharaoh's daughter and brought her into the city of David until he had finished building his own house in the house of the Lord and the wall around Jerusalem the people were sacrificing at the high places however because no house had yet been built for the name of the Lord Solomon loved the Lord walking in the statues of his father David only he sacrificed and offered incense at the high places the king went to Gibeon to sacrifice there, for that was the principal high place. Solomon used to offer a thousand burnt offerings on that altar at Gibeon. The Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night, and, and God said, Ask what I should give you. And Solomon said, You have shown great and steadfast love to your servant, my father David. 
because he walked before you in faithfulness, in righteousness, and in uprightness of heart towards you. You have kept for him this great and steadfast love and have given him a son to sit on his throne today. And now, O Lord, my God, you have made your servant king in place of my father David, although I am only a little child. I do not know how to go out or come in, and your servant is in the midst of the people whom you have chosen, a great people, so numerous they cannot be numbered or counted. Give your servant, therefore, an understanding mind to govern your people, able to discern between good and evil, for who can govern this, your great people? It pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this. God said to him, Because you have asked this, I have not asked for yourself long life or riches, or for the life of your enemies, but have asked for yourself understanding to discern what is right. I now do according to your word. Indeed, I give you a wise and discerning mind. No one like you shall arise after you. I give you also what you have not asked, both riches and honor, all your life no other king shall compare with you if you will walk in my ways keeping my statutes and my commandments as your father david walked then i will lengthen your life then solomon awoke it had been a dream he had came to jerusalem where he stood before the ark of the covenant of the lord he offered up burnt offerings and offerings of well-being and provided a feast for all his servants so solomon asked for wisdom and and, and god said because you've asked this and have not asked for yourself long life or riches or for the life of your enemies, but have asked for yourself understanding to discern what is right, I now do according to your word. I give you a wise and discerning mind. And he's also going to give him the riches and the honor. And so, you know, again, again, you know, Jesus said to pray in secret. Your father who sees in secret will reward you. Okay. And he's, he's, he's asking this from his heart. He's not heaping up the empty words like he's saying how, how the empty phrases the Gentiles do. You know, and he's saying, hallowed be your name. Hallowed, hallowed be your name. You have shown great and steadfast love to your servant, my father David, because he walked before you in faithfulness and in righteousness. And and Solomon is is... is you know, he's saying, your will be done. Your your will be done. Your will was done in my Father. Your will was done in, in my Father. Give us give us this day our daily bread. Still stand before me. Still stand before me because he, you have, you have um, given, given me, his son, to sit on the throne today. And so, again, we see this continuing theme of the humbleness, of the, the, the praying from the, from the heart. And and we, we really we really see this, and so if we go into the New Testament, into um, James five thirteen, um, this is talked about a little bit more in James. He goes very heavily into into praying and what this this really means. James 5.13 Let me get to it myself. <clears throat> James 5.13 Alright, and it says 
I see that. Mm -hmm. I'm actually missing that page in this one. <coughs> James 5.13. says a prayer of faith are any among you suffering they should pray are any cheerful they should sing songs of praise are any among you sick they should call for the elders of the church and have them pray over them anointing them with oil in the name of the Lord the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise them up and anyone who has committed sins will be forgiven therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed and so when we see this um raise them up anyone who has been com who has committed sins will be forgiven we see this again if you forgive others their trespasses your heavenly father will also forgive you so we see this continuing theme of forgiveness and so it says pray for one another so that you may be healed the prayer of the righteous is powerful and effective. Elijah was a human being like us, and he prayed fervently that it might not rain. And for three years and six months, it did not rain on the earth. Then he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, the earth yielded its harvest. My brothers and sisters, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and is brought back by another, you should know that whoever brings back a sinner from wandering will save the sinner's soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins. So he's saying, you know, when somebody, you know, brings somebody back, that's a that's a huge blessing. And so we, we have to remember that our that praying vigorously, praying fervently, it's a, it's effective. Okay, it's effective. So he's saying the prayer of the righteous is powerful and effective. Elijah, you know, he prayed um, vigorously that it might not rain. For three years, three years and six months, it didn't rain. Then he prayed again, and and it rained. It rained again. So we have to we have to remember how powerful prayer is that Jesus gave us this. He gave us this authority of prayer that, that we can pray for people to be healed. We can pray for anyone who is hurt or sick or not feeling well or or they, they have an ailment that we can pray over them. We can get the elders, we can get others, we can get many to lay our hands on, on others and, and they can be healed. So we can't forget how important this prayer is. And so when we go to first Timothy two um, uh, 1 through 16 it says first of all then I urge that supplications prayers intercessions and thanksgiving be made for everyone for kings and all who are in high positions so that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and dignity this is right and is acceptable in the sight of God our Savior who desires everyone to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth there there is for there is one God there is also one mediator between God and humankind Christ Jesus himself human who gave himself a ransom for all this was attested at the right time for this I was appointed a herald and an apostle I am telling the truth I am not lying a teacher of the Gentiles in faith and truth I desire then that in every place the men should pray lifting up holy hands without anger or argument also that the women should dress themselves modestly and de decently in suitable clothing not with their hair braided or with gold pearls or expensive clothes but with good works as is proper for women who profess reverence for God 
Let a woman learn in silence with full submission. I permit no woman to teach or to have authority over a man or other translations say over her husband. She used to keep silent for Adam was formed first, then Eve, and Adam was not deceived, but the woman was deceived and became a transgressor. Yet she will be saved through childbearing, provided they will continue in faith and love, holiness, and holiness with modesty. And so a lot of people trip up over this, this verse. And so... You know, when, 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 when he's saying, when Paul is saying to be, um, to submit, you know, what we're talking about the submission to God, that the women should submit to God, that we should submit to God through each other. You know, God speaks through um, the man to do, to, to do certain things, to achieve certain things, that God speaks to the woman to achieve certain things. And me and Ashley, we embrace this order in our house when we embrace God's will in our home, everything just fit into place. And so we see this, this continual um, aim of the disciples pointing to that men and women have their place. And so we, we see this. And so again, when we go back to, you know, praying for our leaders, you know, it says for kings and all who are in high positions, we got to pray for them. We make intercessions and prayers for them and thanksgiving so that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and dignity so that our lives may be godly so that they may we pray for them to be godly. We pray for them to do right so that we can do right. And so, you know, even in right now in this situation that we have going on in America and the same in situation we have going on in the world, we have to continue to pray for our leaders. We will see things. We will see things happen. We will see things shift. But that's through continual prayer, through that fervent prayer that we just read about in James, through that continual prayer, through that consistent prayer. We have to know how powerful our prayers really are. Okay, he, and it says that God desires everyone to be saved. And again, it says that, again, when we go back to um, Matthew, what Jesus is saying about, you know, forgive us our debtors as we also have forgiven, as we also have forgiven our debtors and do not bring us into the time of trial but rescue us from the evil one so we we want to pray for others to also be rescued from this to 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 be acceptable in the sight of god and so that this is what what paul is writing to timothy to tell him that we have to continue to pray we have to continue to pray and it says men should lift up their holy hands and pray that this is this is what we we have to do we have to continue to to stay focused on this and so when we God led me to uh, mark mark 9 mark 9 14 through 29 mark 9. Mark 9, 14 through 24. And it says, um, When they came to the disciples, they saw a great crowd around them, and some scribes arguing with them. When the whole crowd saw him, they were immediately overcome with awe, and they ran forward to greet him. He asked them, What are you arguing about with them? Someone from the crowd answered him, Teacher, I brought you my son. He has a spirit that makes him unable to speak. And whenever it seizes him, it dashes him, him down, and he foams and grinds his teeth and becomes rigid. And I asked your disciples to cast it out, but they could not do so. 
He answered them, You faithless generation, how much longer must I be among you? How much longer must I put up with you? Bring him to me. So he's, he's, he's saying, you know, they don't have faith, faith enough, because he explained before, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you can do anything. And they brought the boy to him. When the spirit saw him immediately, it convulsed the boy. It convulsed him, and he fell on the ground and rolled about foaming at the mouth. Jesus asked the father, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood, it has often cast him into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you are able to do anything, have pity on us and help us. Jesus said to him, if you are able, all things can be done for the one who believes. Immediately, the father of the child cried out, I believe, help my, help my unbelief. When Jesus saw that the, that the crowd came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, your you spirit that keeps this boy from speaking and hearing, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. After crying out and convulsing him terribly, it came out and the boy was like a corpse so that most of them said he is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up and he was able to stand. When he had entered the house, his disciples asked him privately, why could we not cast it out? He said to them, this kind can come out only through prayer. And so again, we see how important prayer is. And so we know that um, that Jesus gave the disciples um, authority over demons, authority over principalities, authority over these things. And so you know, uh, uh, some of these things didn't come until later, until Acts, until we read in Acts. You know, but again, we have this this theme of you know. When you are praying, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do. You know, we have it. We had a we had a story, and I think it's in um, in later on in Acts, where it talks about the the Pharisees and the scribes going to cast out a demon in Jesus' name, and the demon turns around and said, "Paul, I know; Jesus, I know; Peter, I know; but you, would, I do not know." And he, the demon, wrestled him inside his man, wrestled them to the ground beat them up and they came running out of there and so again you know turning ourselves over to jesus jesus gives us authority over these things and so he's saying he is saying that prayer how important prayer is and how we can we can exercise our authority over these things in prayer and so we have to pray again like like how we read in um in james that we have to pray fervently for these things. We have to pray continually for these things. We have to pray and keep praying consistently. And so when we go to um, God pointing me to John 16, 25, 25 through 17, it says, After Jesus had spoken these words, he looked up to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son so that the son may glorify you since you have given him authority over all people to give eternal life to all whom you have given him. And this is after um, Jesus was talking about um, speaking to the disciples and saying, you know, that he was going to the father. He was going to die and he was talking about the crucifixion and he was talking about um, he. He started to speak plainly to his disciples, not in parables, and they were celebrating, they were ecstatic because he wasn't speaking in parables. And so <clears throat> it says, and we, let's continue in John 17, 
um, line, I think it's two or three. And this is eternal life that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I glorified you on earth by finishing the work that you gave me to do. So now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory that I had in your presence before the world existed. I have made your name known to those whom you gave me from the world. They were yours and you gave them to me and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything you have given me is from you. For the words that you gave to me, I have given to them and they have received them and know in truth that I came from you and they have believed that you sent me. I am asking on their behalf and not, I am not asking on the behalf of the world, but on behalf of those whom you gave me because they are yours. All mine are yours and yours are mine and I have be, been glorified in them. And now I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world and I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them in your name that you have given me so that they may be one as we are one. While I was with them, I protected them in your name that you have given me. I guarded them and not one of them was lost except the one destined to be lost so that the scripture might be fulfilled. But now, now I am coming to you and I speak things, these things in the world so that they may have my joy made complete in themselves. I have given them your word. And the world has hated them because they do not belong to the world, just as I do not belong to the world. I am not asking you to take them out of the world, but I ask you to protect them from the evil one. What's he say? What does he say? When he's talking about concerning prayer again, he says, and do not bring us to the time of trial, but rescue us from the evil one. That's what he said. So he's repeating that here for them not to be left to the evil one. Okay. He said, they do not belong to the world just as I do not belong to the world. Sanctify them in truth. Your word is truth as you have sent me into the world. So I have sent them into the world. And for their sake, I sanctify myself so that they also may be sanctified in truth. I ask not only on behalf of these, but also on behalf of those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one as you, Father, are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me the glory that you have given me. I have given them so that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me that they may become completely one so that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Father, I desire that those also whom you have given me may be with me where I am to see my glory which you have given me because you love me before the foundation of the world righteous father the world does not know you but i know you and these know that you have sent me i made your name known to them and i will make it known so that the love with which you have loved me may be in them and i in them and so jesus is saying he's saying he's saying your will be done your will be done in my disciples your will be done as i send them out into the world your will be done in me and may your will be done in me through me to them as i send them out into the world to make to create more disciples to create more believers to create more people to come to 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 you the people to come to god to have this understanding through the holy spirit may you give us um may you give out blessings okay and so we just we see this continuing theme of prayer, humbleness, 
and faith in the prayer and seeing the prayer come to pass, seeing the prayer come to fruition. And sometimes it requires, again, like we read in, in um, James, the fervent prayer, the continuous prayer, the consistent prayer, and praying for our leaders, praying for those who are sick, knowing that we can go and, and people, and their elders can come and pray over the sick, that hands can be laid on the sick, and, and then that we can pray over people and they can be healed. And, and God has given us, Jesus has given us this, this authority inside of his holy spirit to do these things and so this is one thing that we can't forget how important prayer is how important his holy spirit has been to us and teaching us about prayer and so um i'm gonna end here and uh, i thank everyone for joining us and i hope that you guys got a lot of fulfillment out of this out of this sermon and so um if anybody wants to share anything, any reflections of anything, we can um, we can share. Uh, we can just end it here if nobody has anything to to share. And I hope that everybody's having a a wonderful Shabbat wonderful relaxing Shabbat <laughs> I want to thank everybody for joining us and um, we'll see you guys on the next one on the next sermon and I believe on the next sermon we'll be going into fasting concerning fasting and that's a very interesting one as well too and so we'll be going into deep deep into that so I think we thank everybody for joining us we me and Ashley thank everybody Peace and blessings. Peace and love, everybody. The love of Jesus. We will see you guys on the next sermon. <laughs>